God need to be prepared to handle the adversities of life. It has been taught to us through different systems of the world, different education or learning systems we have in the world today. One such adversity that all of us have to face at some point of time or the other in our lives is losing our loved ones. If you can see the first slide, losing our loved ones. We need to be prepared to handle such adversaries that may come over our lives at any moment as long as we live on the face of this earth. Especially in the current context of the world, what had happened to one individual can happen to anyone. What had happened to one family can happen to other families. What had happened in one place can also happen in any other place of the globe. That doesn't mean that we are losing God's protection. No, not at all. God is still God. He is still on the throne. But we need to understand the time that we are living in today. And we should be willing to cooperate with our God in this situation. Because what you are going through, God is also going through. God is not a super entity. God is not a celestial object sitting somewhere and are placed somewhere. He can't understand. He can purely understand what you are going through today. And he is also going through what you have been going through in your lives. And this morning, all that we need to do is we need to cooperate with our God to overcome the struggles that we have been handling on the face of this earth. In this, in this particular year, year alone, how many unexpected deaths? I keep hearing people saying that he was a very healthy person or she was a very healthy person, but his parents were aged and all became sick. Parents recovered, but this young man died. Sometimes even we say, Parents are already aged anyway, forgive me for saying that, but we say that God could have taken them, why God had to take him or her at his or her young age. In this world, there is nothing that is guaranteed and no life is guaranteed, especially coronavirus taught us how feeble and fragile our life is on the face of this earth. People do ask, there were miracles, there were healing crusades, there were faith healers sitting and praying and healing all the people. Where are they now? What are they doing? Where are those faith healers? Where are they now? Why they are not people healing people, those who are affected with coronavirus? Very valid question to ask. Even they are dying. They themselves are dying with coronavirus. What happened to all the healing power of Lord Jesus Christ? That may be your question today. And we need to understand, no faith healer ever had control over any sickness. 
Even though they pretend that there's at times that they have control over the sicknesses, but nobody had ever any control over sicknesses prior to COVID or during COVID or even post-COVID, except God. Except God. No man on the face of this earth has control, has any control over any of the sicknesses, whatever it may be. Everyone can ask God and God decides to heal or not. Healing does come if God gives. So nothing wrong in asking God if he gives, take it. If he doesn't, give it away. There is nothing wrong in asking for healing. We need to cry out to God day in and day out that God may spare those lives. But at the end of our prayer, if God gives, thank God and take it. But if God doesn't give, just give it away. You don't have any control. I don't have any control. Do not get discouraged when you prayed for a person. And if he or she is not healed and eventually died, do not get discouraged. It's not your fault. You can't do anything. You are not expected to do anything more than praying for them. That's all you can do and I can do. But it is God. It is up to God to heal. And I know you may have questions. What is important is we need to be prepared to face the adversity of death in our lives and in the lives of our loved ones. Basic educational system may or not teach about this. I believe the medical school certainly does. The psychological courses, they certainly deal with it. The dignity and service organizations, they certainly write pages and pages about preparing for the end. Church has to talk about it. Church has to address this issue from the biblical perspective. And church has to teach us how do we face these adversities in our lives as it is common to man. Because death is an enemy. Even though death lost its power, I want you to listen to me. Even though death lost its power at the cross, remember, death lost only its stink. Death lost only its stink. Nothing else. Just death has been roaming around even today. Even today, death is moving around on the face of this earth without its stink. As we are all living in our flesh, we have to deal with it. Sometime or the other. Without going further, let me title my sermon as Prepare to End. Prepare to End. This morning I want to, want to make use of this opportunity to teach you way ahead of time on how to prepare yourself to handle such adversities, adverse days of your lives. Before going there, I want to define two key terms right now. One is life, the other one is death. One is life and the other one is death. Life, let's try to define it. Psalm 90 verse 10 says, The days of our lives are 70 years. Bible defines how long anyone can live on the face of this earth. 
and if by reason of strength they are eighty years, yet their boast is only labor and sorrow, for it is soon cut off, and we fly away. Bible guarantees seventy years. There are premature death coming on our way, not because of God. God said that very clearly, 70 years you live, and you may live 80 years, and then God gives a grace period, 90, 100, 110. Thank God for those individuals, those who are living on the face of this earth beyond 80. There are many blessed women and men around us today. They are touching 100 and they are even crossing 100. We thank God for them. Hebrews chapter 9 verse 27 says, And as it is appointed for men to die once, but after this, the judgment. Life is going to end only once on the face of this earth. Once the life ends on the face of this earth, it's not going to come back to life in any other fashion. You can't be born as an animal in your next generation, in your next birth. No, it's not possible. Bible says it is appointed for men to die once. But after that, the judgment. Let's try to define death. Matthew chapter 27, verse 50. Bible says, and Jesus cried again, cried out again with a loud voice and yielded up his spirit. 2 Corinthians 5.8, you know, as we read in Matthew 27.50, Bible, it looks like the death when it comes on our way. We live, we give the spirit back to God. And our flesh goes to this, the mud, the soil. And our soul is preserved for eternity. This morning as we listen, that is coming. It is coming, it is on our way, sometime or the other in the future. It is coming, there is a day that is appointed in your life and in my life, and it is coming. Second Corinthians chapter 5 verse 8, Paul writes, We are confident, yes, well, please, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. There is a day that is coming, and we will all leave the face of this earth. Even if you search, we are not going to be found. We are gone from the face of this year. We are absent from our body. But still, the we is there. Still, the we is present. Even though we are absent from the body, we are present with the Lord. We are present in the presence of the Lord. That is life eternal. So life and death are appointed for humankind or mankind, for all the beings, living beings on the face of this earth. We are trying to prepare ourselves this morning to handle those days that are numbered either in our lives or in the life of our dear ones. We are going to prepare ourselves this morning for those last few moments that we are going to have on the face of this earth. I had a privilege, I would say it's a privilege, of being with my mom as she was dying three days and she was in coma. I had a privilege of sitting next to her and praying with her and to touch her and to see her and to feel her. And even though she can't hear, I could even talk to her. I could even pray with her. God wants us to be prepared for those few moments, those few hours that we may have on the face of this earth with our dear ones. 
as they are leaving, as they are slowly fading away from the face of this earth. And God is doing that right now this morning. Why do people struggle to handle that moment when they lose their loved ones or, or, or gradually or all of a sudden? There are a couple of reasons. First of all, we are human beings. We are emotional beings. We express our emotions. We express our feelings and we cry. We feel bad. We curse. At times, you know, we, we, we do all these things even in the life of Job he did when he lost his family. We do the same thing because we are human. Another reason is we don't see them again. What comes in our mind is, you know, I've been with him, I've been with her, but now I'm not going to see her anymore, see him anymore. Their absence is creating a void inside of you. That's the reason we cry, we try to, we find it difficult to handle that moment. You know, the memories are going to kill us. The good times, the times that we cherish with them, the bad times we regret for those the situations that we caused in their lives probably. And those memories are going to kill us lifelong. Once they are gone, we feel guilty for hurting them. We feel guilty for not satisfying the desires. We feel guilty for unable to take care of them in a proper way. I often think this way. This is my thinking. Why did God make a lifetime so short? I'm sure you may be thinking this too. Why did God make lifetime so short? By the time one starts living, the same is getting ready to live. By the time one puts his foot on the face of this earth, it is time to lift off your foot from the face of this earth. What kind of life that we are living on the face of this earth? Life is like a piece of fruit thrown into the juicer crushed, crunched, squeezed, and poured out and vanishes in a moment. Life is like a piece of fruit that is thrown into the juicer, crushed, churned, squeezed, and poured out and vanishes in a moment. Why did God made, make this life so short? You told me the other day that you have many questions even I too have many questions. Where did God make life so short? I want to turn your attention to one scripture that is the key for this sermon this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 4 verses 2 and 3 reading from NIV. Ecclesiastes chapter 2. And I declared that the dead who had already died are happier than the living who are still alive. But better than both is the one who has never been born, who has not seen the evil that is done under the sun. The dead is happier than the living. The one who is never born is much blessed than the one who is born, either living or died. Then what is the point of living? That's my question this morning. What is the purpose of living? What is the purpose of life? If dead are happier than living, is dying a better option? For someone who is tortured to death, someone who is dying in pain, one he has never seen, birth, probably is a better person. 
We are dealing with the basic question of life. Why life is so short? And why dying is better than living? A scribe or a teacher of the law one day came to Jesus with many such questions in his heart. And he asked only one question. And that question was, which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered to that one question, and he gave that only one answer, and that answer seems to be answering many questions that we ask today. It is a universal answer for many of the questions that you have and I have. Today, whatever your question may be, the answer is the same answer that Jesus gave to that scribe. As we prepare ourselves to end this journey, when time comes, we ask that question. If you can see the next slide, this is the question that you have been asking and I have been asking. Why are we afraid of death? And why do we struggle to handle the pain of losing our loved ones? Why are we afraid of death? And why do we struggle to handle the pain of losing our loved ones? The answer is the same answer. If you can turn with me to Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12 verses 29 to 31. Jesus answered him, the scribe who came with a question of which is the first commandment of all. Jesus gave this answer. Listen to this and read with me carefully. Mark 12, 29 to 31. Jesus answered him. The first of all, the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord, your Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. If, if I can get a little more feedback. <clears throat> Let's read that again. <clears throat> Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, and you shall, verse 30 is important, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. Verse 31, and the second like it is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Some of you may be thinking right now, probably pastor has got the wrong reference. He started the sermon well, but now he is referring to wrong scriptures. Probably he didn't prepare for today's sermon. No, that's not the case. Our question is, why are we afraid of death? And why do we struggle to handle the pain of losing some of our dear ones? The answer is, love your God and love your neighbor. Number one, love your God. And number two, love your neighbor. Only three beings are involved here. Next slide. Only three beings are involved in this life equation. There are only three parameters that we see. There is one constant and there are two variables. And one is an independent variable. The other is a dependent variable. We see one constant and two variables right now there. God. You and your neighbor. God is constant. And you, independent variable. And your neighbor 
depending on who you are there are dependent variables there is no one in between God is God and it's you and rest of the human being the question is why are we afraid of dying or why do we struggle to handle the pain of losing some of our loved ones the answer is love your God and love your neighbor number one love your God next slide mark chapter 12 verse 30 says and you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength this is the first commandment love your God with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength this is the first commandment the number one challenge that we have in ahead of us the number one way that we can escape the fear of death and the agony and pain of losing some of our loved ones love your God loving God can you increase a little bit can you just leave it there love your God is with a vertical love love God is with a vertical love it is a deep love with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength that means it is concentrated that means it is so deep God wants you to love him deeply the depths of love is what God is longing from you this morning I want you to listen with me because God is expecting you to turn back to him you know we are so buried in our situation we are so buried in the loss of our loved ones and this morning God is calling you to pay your attention to me it is a deep love only God deserves such love again the question this morning is why are you afraid of death and why do you struggle to handle the pain of losing some of your loved ones? The answer is, love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. You have only one heart. And if that is given to God, you have only one soul. And if that belongs to God, if your mind is all about God, if your strength is fully given to God and for His service, we don't have anything left out inside of us to fear our death. We don't have anything left out inside of us to lose our hope when we lose some of our loved ones. By saying all these things this morning, I'm not trying to devalue any of the pain and trauma that you are going through because you lost your loved ones. That's not my point. My point here is how God wants you to deal with the end when it comes on our way. Let's read Psalm 84 verse 5. Blessed is the man whose strength is in you, whose heart is set on pilgrimage. What is pilgrimage? A pilgrim's journey. All that the pilgrim worries about is how can you reach the end of the journey? How can he reach the end of the journey and to get a glimpse of the divine 
And you and I are called as pilgrims. We are making a pilgrim's journey, a pilgrimage on the face of this earth. Our objective and the purpose is how to see the end of our life on the face of this earth so that we can get a glimpse of the divine. It is not easy to preach this this morning. I'm able to preach only because Jesus would not have said something which is not practical. And I believe the word of God. We are talking about following the first commandment, love your God. Loving God is a command. You can see the next slide. Think about this way. This is the first commandment. The most important commandment, the greatest of all, to love your God. If you don't obey this commandment, listen to me, and do so many things for God, eventually we are condemned as sinners and even we cannot even make it to heaven. Because this is a commandment of God. Loving God is given not as a suggestion, not as a good idea, but it is given to us as a commandment. It must be obeyed. And if we don't obey, we are sinning against God and even we may lose heaven. As I said, it's not a belief statement that is written in the Bible for us to read multiple times. I thank God for those who have read the Bible for multiple times. But you know, many of the scriptures are coming with instruction to do. To obey. This is not just a suggestion or recommendation. It's not only... It's, it's, it's not, not, not just one of the many things that is written in the word of God. This is the commandment. This is the first commandment which must be obeyed. You know, words of the commander of the eternal army, the words of the commander of the armies of heaven, and that must be obeyed. We are so afraid of our lives. And we are so concerned about our loved ones because we don't love God enough. Secondly, Love needs to be prioritized. Listen to me carefully. I have seen people loving their children more than God. I'm not against loving your own family. But love needs to be prioritized. This morning God may speak to you for taking some decisions and to show obey to the word of God. Please do it. Some of you are loving your wives more than God. Some of you are loving your husbands more than God. Love needs to be prioritized. Some of you children, you are loving your parents more than God. But you will have a problem when God's priority is altered. When such people happen to lose their children, they will never come out of the trauma for the rest of their lives. What is God's priority? Love your Lord God. And then the rest. When we do this, we will face adversities, we will face losses, but we will face it with boldness. We will have enough courage to handle the situation. You know, God defines very clearly what amount of love that we need to set on individuals on this earth and how much love we need to set on God. That's what we are talking about this morning. Thirdly, how is it possible to love God? Shall we just ask that question? We all express love in different ways with our loved ones. Now, some of you have different ways of expressing your loves with, on whom you love. How do you love God? It's in the same way. It's in the same way. 
Keep doing what you have been doing to your loved ones with God. That's what he expects, nothing else. We serve and help someone because we love him or we love her. Love God in the same way. We do what is pleasing to show our love to someone. Loving God in the same way is what is expected. We buy and give things to the person we like the most to show our love and to show our appreciation. Do the same thing with God. That's what he expects. We listen and obey the one whom we love and love God in the same way. We don't need to really become super holy to love God. Remember, Jesus was loved always by few women who were following him wherever he was than the religious leaders. Jesus was followed by those women, those fragile ones, those prostitutes, those who are set, set from their difficulties, from their demon possessions. They were the one they were following Lord Jesus Christ and loving him the most. Jesus was loved by ordinary fishermen than those who are noble and those who are educated. Love your God in the same way you are loving your fellow being today on the face of this earth. He will love you back. Once you love God, he will love you back. You won't feel like complaining against God. You won't feel like murmuring and you will not become upset when you love God. Just start loving God. We are talking about the deep love that you have to show to your God so that you will come out of the situation that you are dealing with or you will have strength to deal those adversities when they come on your way. Romans chapter 5 verse 5 says, Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. Holy Spirit was given to us. You know, by that we know the love of God. It is the same Holy Spirit. When you love God, He takes your love, loving hearts. He takes your loving petals. He takes your loving hisses and hugs. And He takes them to the throne of heaven and give it back to God. Holy Spirit, is, Holy Spirit He does the job. If our love on God is deep enough, we will be prepared to handle the end days of our lives and the lives of our dear ones. We all need to prepare to end. We all need to prepare to end. Secondly, the second commandment, the second most important commandment that Jesus told to that scribe was love your neighbor. Mark 12, 31. And the second like it is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. Listen to me. If loving God is vertical, love, loving your neighbor is horizontal love. If loving God is a deep love, loving neighbor is a shallow and a broader love. Loving God is a vertical love and it is so deep but loving your neighbor is horizontal and it is shallow and it is broad love. The question is again, why are we afraid of death? And why do we struggle to handle the pain of losing someone in our lives? First of all, we saw if we love our God deeper enough, we will be prepared to handle those adversities that are coming on our lives. Secondly, if you love our neighbors as ourselves. 
we will be prepared well the question is the question is how again loving our neighbor is not an option it is a command it is the second important the most important commandment that jesus spoke let's talk a little bit about loving neighbor being a command given to us if you know your god listen to me he's a very jealous god he doesn't want the depth of love to be given to any other human being including yourself he wants the deepest love he wants the most deep love that he only can receive he is a jealous god god takes our deepest love the remaining love the remaining love is can be shared with others including you listen to me very carefully including you then even with the remaining love you cannot love yourself you are not allowed to love yourself with the remaining love you need to share that love with your neighbor look at this how the love is getting spread over everybody there is only one love that can be shown only to lord jesus christ that is the deepest love and there is a, there is another, other another love that is that we can share with others but he can't even keep that love within you you are supposed to share that love with others you shall love your neighbor as yourself i want you to read these few words you shall love your neighbor as yourself this is important this is a command of god that must be obeyed this is the second greatest of all there is no other commandment greater than this commandment that was what bible says jesus said that means without obeying this command of loving our neighbors as ourselves if we try to do so many things for god we may be condemned with the eternal condemnation because of not obeying to the second most important commandment you know what this is very serious this is what very critical we don't think about it we don't preach about it but this morning god is telling you you must obey the commandment first before you start doing anything for god number one you need to love your god number two he says love your neighbors as you love yourself let's take it a little more detail loving neighbors in detail how do we do it let's read this again mark chapter 12 verse 31 and the second like it is this you shall love your neighbor as yourself there is no other commandment greater than this that simply means you shall love your wife as yourself you shall love your husband as yourself you shall love your children as yourself you shall love your parents as yourself you shall love your in-laws as yourself you shall love your cousins as yourself you shall love your grandparents as yourself you shall love your neighbors children as you love your children listen to me carefully you email this is the teaching of the word of god this is what christianity is standing on this is what christians are expected to follow this morning i believe i am teaching to christians i'm teaching to christ followers 
You shall love your neighbor's children as you love your children. You shall love your strangers. The strange looking people, they are living across the street. The strange looking people, they are living in the opposite door. You shall love them as you love yourself. Where is Christianity standing today? You shall love your strangers visiting your house as you love yourself. Where are we standing today? And what are we trying to pretend as if everything is right? This morning God is speaking to you. Listen to me. This was the Old Testament commandment too. God gave that to children of Israel in Leviticus chapter 19 verse 34. It's a beautiful scripture. The stranger who dwells among you shall be to you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself. You know, God is removing the boundary lines of the family. God is doing something in our lives. He's stretching us beyond whatever we could think of. The stranger shall be to you as one born among you. And you shall love him as yourself. For you were strangers in the land of Egypt. I'm the Lord your God. It's the same command in the New Testament too. Today, people are killing each other because they don't follow this commandment. Today, people are living in selfishness because they don't just follow, they just reject this commandment of God without loving their neighbors. The lawyer <coughs> came and asked Jesus, who is my neighbor? Jesus answered, the one who helped you in trouble. Today, we are surrounded with the neighbors communities and strangers they need your help they need your care they need your touch they need your love they need your attention and this morning i believe god is telling us our love is not only to love ourselves bible says we cannot in fact love ourselves let's read second timothy chapter 3 verses 1 to 3 paul writes here he says but know this that in the last days perilous times will come Read this carefully. For men will be lovers of themselves. We are not allowed to love. We are allowed to take care of ourselves. But we are not allowed to love ourselves. The moment we start loving ourselves, we belong to this list. For men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people, turn away. Who is going to turn away? Those who do not love themselves. They are, you know, it's a very hard teaching. But it is biblical. It is practical. Otherwise, Jesus would not have said this. Who is first in the list? Lovers of themselves. So we can't do that. It doesn't mean that we can't take care of ourselves. You need to take care of yourselves. You need to keep yourself clean. You need to be fit. You need to be eating healthy and all those kind of things. We cannot be lovers of ourselves. Let Next slide. We can't just love our children, our husband, our wives. We need to be loving our neighbor's children and our neighbor's wife and neighbor's husband. We can't covet our neighbor's wife and neighbor's husband, but Bible has given all the freedom to love them, to care for them. We need to care for our own, fulfill all the responsibilities of our own. 
but we are called as children of God we have a special calling than the people of this world we are called to love others as ourselves if we do that we will not be afraid of our death we will not be afraid of our end anyway you are not allowed to love yourself then what's the point you will have a freedom to leave from the face of this earth you will not be totally shattered when we lose our loved ones because our love towards them was not a deep love first of all it cannot be a deep love to our loved ones the deep love is only for god it's not a very focused love you are loved them you cared for them but you also loved those children who are not born to you you loved equally your friends your love is distributed among all you will not have any problem when they lose when they leave for the face of this earth because your deep love is only for god when we alter this pattern we are in trouble the rest of your love for human must be a shallow love your deep love is only for god and you need to have a very shallow love for the rest of the people on the world face of this earth christians are not called to be selfish in loving only their families only their children you know today people of the other religion they get this concept of loving neighbors but sadly not christians we are so selfish this morning god wants us to change we cannot handle the loss because we loved if we loved only our children our love our love has to be given equally to all those who are our neighbors this morning god is telling us that it is important that you widen your eyes it is important that you widen your thinking it is important that you start looking around if you don't do this if you don't fulfill the second commandment that is stated in the old testament as well as in the new testament we will face difficulty when we lose some of our loved ones and because this commandment is very important love your neighbors as you love yourself because there are a couple of commandments that god spoke to through moses and gave it to the children of israel in the wilderness you shall not murder you shall not commit adultery you shall not steal you shall not bear false witnesses against your neighbor you shall not your you shall not covet your neighbor's possession all these commandments are contained in this single commandment of you shall love your neighbor as you love yourself sometimes we say that he no 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 he is my blood relation just want to talk a little bit about blood blood relation before we close blood relation is it real sometimes when we lose our loved ones people say this grief is going to be lifelong because he or she is a blood relation our hearts ache if something happens to our blood relation then it's happening to anyone else I want you to listen to me this morning you may not agree with what i'm about to say but i want you to think it over don't just reject the term blood relation is the pattern of this world blood relation is a biological or genetic term for a child of god there is nothing like a blood relation 
The moment you have come to know your Savior, the moment you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, the moment you are washed by His blood, your blood relation is no more just your immediate family members. Your blood relation is with the rest of the family of God. Did you get that? The moment you are washed by the blood of Lord Jesus Christ, there is nothing like a blood relation in your life. When one member suffers, you suffer. Paul says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, if one member suffers, all the members suffer with this. With it, he's not talking about blood relation there. The laws in your family is no different from the laws in the mega family of God. You are not expected to, to grieve differently when you lose your family member because you are a child of God. This morning I am speaking to you with the authority of the word of God. God is telling you this morning, you cannot grieve over the loss in your family than you would have whatever amount you would have grieved when someone lost, someone was lost in your church. For that matter, the loss of any life on the face of this earth, irrespective of any religion, is your loss and my loss because Jesus died for them. This is Christianity. This is love of God. God is stretching you to come out of your selfishness of loving yourself and loving only your family members. We are talking about the greatest second commandment. Those who obey will not fear death and will handle, they will handle the laws of their immediate family member. Whenever it happens, they will handle it with ease and they are well prepared to end it. There is nothing like a family tree. There is nothing that we are proud about our family traditions. There is nothing for a child of God. You need to ask sorry to God for saying, telling so many proud things about your parents and your grandparents. There is nothing like a family tradition for a child of God. There is no tree. There is a wine. Jesus is the wine. And we are the branches. Period. Jesus is the wine. And we are the branches. And who are the we? We are the one, those who are saved by the precious blood of the Lamb. God had already divine, defined this pattern for our lives. First he commanded, first he demonstrated, if you remember, God demonstrated that selfless life by giving his only son, Jesus. And when son Jesus came down to this earth, he demonstrated that selfless life by giving himself as a sacrifice. Listen to me, when God the Father is selfless God, when son Jesus is a selfless God, how can his followers be selfish? If we are selfish, there is something wrong, something terribly wrong in our Christian life. You are not obeying the greater commandments, greatest commandments of God. And we will be punished for this. When we do this, we will not fear. When we do this, we will be able to handle the laws of our loved ones with grace and with hope. And we will be able to move further quickly to fulfill God's plan for the rest of our lives. Because the love you have for people on the face of this earth, no matter who they are, it is a very shallow love. Your deepest love is with God.
I believe God is speaking to you this morning. Just want to throw some of the highlights of the sermon and we are going to pray and close. If our love on God is deep enough, we will be prepared to handle the adversities or the end days of our lives and the lives of our dear ones. Your deep love is only for God. Rest of your love for the human being must be shallow, must be shallow. Our love cannot be concentrated around our family, around what, who are known to us, who are very dear to us. It has to be spread to all those who are touching our lives. Some people are in touch with you over phone. Some people are physically in touch with you. No matter who they are, what they are, your love has to be surrounded. Your love has to be spread to them. Paul says, when one member suffers, all the members suffer. He's not talking about blood relation there. God doesn't expect you to grieve. Grieve in a different way when your family member is lost than you would have grieved for the loss of some of your fellow believers when our God the Father Son Jesus they are all selfless how can we as his followers be selfish there is something wrong that God wants us to correct that today when we love God when we love our neighbors as we love ourselves we will face death with no fear and also we will be able to handle the loss of our dear ones with much more grace and with much more hope this morning the question is, are you prepared to end? Are you prepared to end? Shall we just close our eyes?